What's up, y'all? We back again with another podcast. I cannot be happier to be here with these great gentlemen right here. We got my guy. Oh, man. Wait, y'all. We're going to be talking about money. Let me just put that out there right now. We're talking about equity, and we're talking about how to get that money up. So, y'all, please, y'all better tune in. Now, we got Terrence Dubois, y'all. He's a financial literacy person, and he's very, very educated, and he knows that Things in Buffalo is not best when it comes to equity. And he's trying to give you guys, an int- you know, a personal intake on how to increase your wealth. So, Terrence, thank you for coming. Thank and also we have Daniel. The one and only. Yeah, you already know. And my boy, Xavier. Hello, hello. Say bomber. So, y'all, we here and we ready. So, what's good? Welcome to the show, Terrence. Thank you for having me. Pleasure. Pleasure's all mine. Yeah. So, you know, I was looking into you and I saw that you are very, very educated. And can you talk a little, tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so uh, Terrence Dubois, born here, born and raised here in Buffalo, New York. Uh, I've acquired my uh, bachelor's degree from Duville College okay. with uh, a minor in accounting. And then I went on to pursue my uh, master's degree from Medine College. And then on top of that, I actually have my Series 7, which is uh, my stockbroker's license okay. and a few other different licenses as well. Oh man. So how would you like, how would I come up to get my series seven if I wanted to get into, you know, equity or stuff of that nature? Great question. Um, so before I got mine, one of the requirements was, um, college degree. Mm-hmm. So as of right now, I believe all firms, a particular investment firm would have to sponsor to get that investment license. Mm-hmm. So I believe for one, the minimum is actually a bachelor's degree. Okay. But at the time when I got mine, I actually have a degree because I went through the back door okay. and we can talk about that if you want. Mm-hmm. But, uh, the minimum requirements is a college degree. And from that point on, uh, investment firm will sponsor you to take the series seven exam. Once you pass it, you basically should be set for life, but mm-hmm. it, but it is a six hour exam. Okay. So it's more so the second hardest exam behind the bar. So it's, it's no joke, but you know, the thing is once you pass it, you should be set for life. If you do what's right with the license. I know that was stressful. I can only imagine some of the work that you had to put mm-hmm. into actually, you know, just to pass that course. Can you tell us how stressful that was or, or what was some of the motivation that you had to keep pushing? Um, believe it or not. So I got my license when I was in Charlotte, North Carolina. So they said, Hey, you had one shot to pass that exam. And I had already quit my job here in Buffalo mm-hmm. and I moved to Charlotte. So I knew that, Hey, if I didn't pass this, it's like I had to come back home to Buffalo. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't trying to come right. back to Buffalo. Cause when I left Buffalo, I was basically a CNA mm-hmm. certified nurses assistant. And you know, that was a, a major upgrade if I would pass that exam. Mm-hmm. So it took me six, six months to actually pass the exam. Uh, but what happened, I failed it the first time with a 47. I'm thinking, I know this information and, you know, with me thinking, me going in there cocky, I'm like, you know what, I'm going to pass this. But I got literally a 47 on an exam mm. and I thought I knew what I was talking about. But they say, you know what, we like you. We're going to give you another try. So basically they gave me another try and I knew, hey, if I didn't pass this, mm-hmm. it's next time I'm going back to Buffalo. Right. So I took another couple months to basically just study. So I would go to work and study mm-hmm. from eight to four, then basically go to the library and close the library every day for another two months. So it took me literally six months to pass that exam. Wow, wow. But the thing is, with determination, you can basically do anything. Because they basically didn't think I was going to pass it because I didn't have no college degree. Mm-hmm. But, you know, and I'm not knocking college, but the thing is, everyone don't really need to go to college to basically pursue, you know, their passion or, you right. know, some of their dreams and goals. Facts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I just want to hit the, this, I guess this is my little catchphrase, hit the rewind button. So I just want to get a feel for what your childhood was like and like what led you into, like, financial literacy in the first place. Okay. My childhood, believe it or not, it was pretty dope. It's like my parents, uh, they basically just celebrated 50 years of marriage. So the thing is, uh, I want to say it's normal, but it's like I basically was the youngest child. So basically Mm -hmm. I'm the youngest child of two. Uh, My parents basically gave me everything I wanted. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I didn't really have to do much, but basically just do what I'm supposed to do, and that's basically just do your schoolwork. Um, So I did that, but then at the same time, we lived the average life and it's like whatever I wanted, I got it. But at the same time, I knew that I was never satisfied. Mm-hmm. So when I finished high school, I had no desire to go to college. But then I just seen that, you know what, if I wanted to basically do something with myself, I probably would need more education. So I took that route to go to college. But then it's like I rushed to go because my girlfriend was going to college at that time. So I was more so just chasing behind her. <laughs> so you was just chasing behind her. And we are. Yeah, exactly. You know, and then at the same time, I wouldn't get no financial aid. So my dad said, just go to college and I'll pay for it. But I'm like, you know what? My headspace was, was, wasn't right at that time. And I knew that I was only there for, you know, the girls and my girlfriend at that particular mm. time. So I think I did one semester, dropped out, 
And then uh, I basically just, you know, got my nursing license. Well, not my nurse's license, but basically the license to be a CNA. But I just knew that I only got one back. And if I hurt my back basically doing uh, nursing work, I'm done. Right. And I was maybe, what, 21 at the time. And I just say, you know what, what's next? Uh, so that's when basically I moved north. Well, I actually, I went to visit my family in North Carolina, seeing that they were hired to become a correction officer. I'm like, you know what, I'm making 20 grand here. If I move to Charlotte, they'll pay me 35000 mm. I think that's a no-brainer. So I basically took that leap of faith and moved to North Carolina. Wow. And I did that when I was 22 years old. And uh, that didn't work out, but I enrolled into a computer training program, and that led me into finding a mentor. And he basically was a stockbroker at that time, but he had a college degree. And I seen that they were hiring, but one of the requirements was a college degree, but, you know, he was already a manager at that time. So I used his name to basically get me the interview. But I got the Series 7 book, and I studied for it. So when I had the interview, I spoke as if I already knew what I was talking about, and that's how I landed that job. So it sounds like to me, you know, you've networked throughout your whole point of yes. being in Buffalo. And when you got to Charlotte, you were destined. You know, you knew what you were going to do. You had a set in mind. So when you got there, what was going through your mind? Did I make a mistake or am I here for good? No, not at all. I knew I was a hustler okay. and I seen how thick the job ads was. So I knew that whatever I wanted to do, I can basically do it out there because I've seen how thick the job ads was. Mm -hmm. And I knew, matter of fact, Within that first year of me being down there, I think I went down there in 98, I had 11 jobs. Mm -hmm. My first job, basically, I got one week after I, I arrived in Charlotte. Okay. So I knew that, hey, basically, whatever I wanted to do, I can do it out there. Right. But I was just so used to basically just finding work and not a career. So when I found the opportunity to become um, a financial advisor or get my Series 7 license, I knew, hey, if I would have got that, that basically would have set me up for life. Mm. And it did. 21 years later, I still got my Series 7, uh, my Series 63, my life and health insurance license, just passed my notary, and, what, two other degrees that I didn't have when I first went down there. My brother, it's time for you to become an executive. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's time, man. You need to open up your own firm, something, anything. It's in the making already. Me and my wife started it already. Oh, wow. Really? Mm -hmm. Props to you. Yes, Props yes, yes. So she's licensed as well. Thank you. So we more so basically came together and basically said, you know what, instead of actually, you know, working for someone else, why not do it for ourselves? You're about to be your own boss. Yeah. I, I don't see nothing wrong with it. Mm -hmm. Appreciate it. Daniel. Speaking of next steps um, <laughs> and uh, doing things for ourselves, I see you brought those financial literacy yes, cards with yes, you today. Yes. So I want to hear all about these financial literacy cards, how they started, and that beautiful little baby girl that's on, on the cover of those financial literacy cards right there. So. All right, so it started four years ago. So basically when I came back to Buffalo, I moved back to Buffalo in 2001. Uh, fast forward in 2006, I'm working for a local financial advisor firm. And I was basically going into the schools, educating people on the, the importance of retirement. So their 403B, their New York State pension, life insurance. And I basically just drummed up a lot of business, but I found out that they're not talking about financial literacy in the schools, mm -hmm. and I don't believe they're still doing it today. Nope. No. So, uh, you know, three years fast forward to that, I was like, well, you know what? How Once I actually had a kid, I'm like, you know what? Eventually, my, my child will basically go to the public schools or the Buffalo public schools, but at the same time, they're not teaching this, these kids this information. Right. So, you know, by that time, I acquired some degrees, and then I'm realizing the stuff that I learned in graduate school, they still didn't talk about money or financial literacy. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I actually have one of, you know, the highest degrees that you can obtain in business school, but they missed the, the point of talking about financial literacy. So that's when I said, you know what? How can I transfer my knowledge to my children right now? And that's when I said, you know what? How The best way for me to do it is more so start basically writing things down. But when I wrote it down, I'm like, well, you know what? I got more in my brain. So I'm like, you know what? If my kids need this, I'm thinking every kid would need this as well. Because still, it don't matter what school you go to, they're not talking about financial literacy. Right. So that's when I said, how can I make this a fun learning environment? So that's when I basically, you know, said, hey, you know what, let me basically make them financial literacy cards. So the theory behind the cards is basically, hey, it's 52 cards because how many weeks is there in a year? 52. 52. So the premise behind the cards is that you basically use one card per week if you're more so going to be teaching yourself or your child. Mm. So by the end of the year, you master the deck of cards. Once wow. you learn them, pass them to someone else. So each one teach one. I love that. I love yeah. that. You know, I feel like nowadays it's more important to start young. And I feel like the kids are soaking up everything, you know, Correct. from the media to today's um, today's incidents. You know, mm -hmm. they look at it and they see it and it's literally engraved in their heads. Yes. So I think that what you're doing is not only needed, 
But I feel like it's more necessary, if anything, to get that out there more. You need to publicize it. More. Not you, per se, but, you know, everybody needs to publicize how to handle your money. Yes. And now, let's say if they were to hit the lottery, what you going to do with it? You got $1 million. <laughs> you go to the store. <laughs> You about to spend five hundred thousand? Of course, yeah. Because you feel, hey, I got five hundred thousand more, but you're not realizing taxes. Mm-hmm. They don't teach you about that in school. They don't teach yeah. you about taxes. I know for sure. I didn't know anything about taxes. So I got to my sophomore, junior year. So I didn't, you know, I wasn't really even right. thinking about none of that. So you know, I feel like if you start early, it will be a better, you know, outcome at the end of it. Mm-hmm. And even with these cars, like you know what, some of these cars, they're they're um. The words are very big words, you know, for a six-year-old. It was like, mm-hmm. I, I basically created these cards four years ago. My daughter's basically about to be seven. Mm-hmm. So the thing is, if you basically just start, you know, literally, hey, using the same card every day for one week, eventually when they see that, let's say, generational wealth, they would know what that definition is. So that's why it's important for, even though you see the child on the face, you're thinking they're, they're kid cards, yeah. but they're more so for the adult to learn. But then also once the adult learn it, then they can actually teach their children. Yeah. And now you're really breaking a generational wealth curve right there. Yeah. Now that's just great marketing right there. <laughs> you like that, right? They see a, a, a beautiful baby girl on the cover. Of you know what? Let me go buy it. She's so cute and adorable. Yes. Um. So why are we on a on a on a topic, right? Financial literacy. People throw that term out there all the time, the phrase, right? Um. But I think a lot of times people don't they don't necessarily understand what exactly that means. Mm-hmm. So can you kind of break down? Just in your own words, what financial literacy is yeah. and why this is where I really want to go. Why it's so important for um, the black community, especially people, just people of color in general, but especially the black community to actually really start to learn about financial literacy and how I wait on that. My next question, because I don't want to throw too much at okay. you because this is just a topic I get excited about. So, you know, it's the basics of just knowing about finance. So really, there is a checking account, there's a savings mm-hmm. account, but there's two different numbers. So some people don't even know, hey, how to fill out a deposit slip, right? Or mm-hmm. basically a, a, a checking, um, a checking with a checking deposit slip. Uh, so it's really just the basics, um, and that's really it. But then, so on top of the savings, when the time for an adult, there is there's taxes, there's your retirement account, and a lot of people say, you know what, I'm not going to basically do my retirement account because I don't know anything about it. Mm-hmm. But depending on what type of entity you work for, you can either have a four hundred one k, four three b. 457 they won't know that information but the thing is if you actually get these financial literacy cards by the time you actually graduate from high school or college you would know some of these terms yeah so it's really just basically starting with the basics because the thing is whatever terms that's actually in these particular cards they still not talking about what out of, out of the 52 cards they're still not talking about it in, in grammar school or high school mm-hmm. or college so the thing is, it's basically just starting from anywhere, and that's basically financial literacy. Gotcha. All right. So in regards to just, um, especially because, you know, Breaking Barriers, we focus on young men of color, right? Mm-hmm. Where, why is it so important for uh, people of color, black community, to actually start paying attention to financial literacy? Because, you know, I was, I know a couple of weeks ago, there was this graphic going around on Facebook, about, and I think it was describing the income gap between white households and um, black households, people of color. Um, and just, you know, what is it that we need to do to really start to close this, uh, this financial gap that exists? Okay. First thing is basically get your financial literacy cards. Yeah. Uh, second thing is that you're going <laughs> to learn this stuff basically by, it's going to be a costly mistake. So the thing is with me, it's like, Hey, I went to all private colleges. I went to Duval, Then I went to Madai. Mm-hmm. When I finished with my MBA, I actually had an MBA that basically said, hey, Terrence Dubois MBA. But what was the first thing that I acquired once I got that degree? Besides that degree, what was the first thing I acquired? Debt. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so if you really think about it, this can be a $100,000 mistake if you basically don't start the process now of basically just trying to educate yourself. Mm-hmm. So it can either be a $40,000 debt, 60 or 100 but let's just say you, you wanted to go to get your doctor degree in psychology or something like that. Now you're basically doubling that debt. Yeah. And now think about credit cards. When you first go to college, who the first people you see is the ones basically at the table trying to sign you up for a credit card. Oh, yeah, because they know. Capital One. Capital One, same there. <laughs> so the thing is, they're going to give you a, a high credit limit, five grand, and now you're 18 years old with a $5,000 credit card. Yeah. The new J's came out. You ain't got no money, but you got access to a credit card. What you going to do? 
Oh, that's just <laughs> now that's just financial decision making right there, which is a whole nother ball game. You go get them Jays or whatever you need. You're gonna put it on that car, but not realize that you got to pay this money back. Right. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, hey, bad credit instantly. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So, I, you know what? You brought it into you already. You already started talking about it. Debt. Mm-hmm. <sighs> How can we get rid of it? Um. <laughs> few different ways so you can either pay the debt down if it hasn't went to collections or you can more so try to get those things removed mm. but the thing is that debt stays on your credit report for seven years wow so if you don't make those necessary changes of trying not to get into debt you're basically you know locked in that debt for seven years mm. and that was basically just you so you start behind the eight ball right from the jump right and the thing is if no one teaches you this information it only gets worse mm. so really think if our parents knew this information would they would have told us this yeah Absolutely. But usually they don't. So the thing is, you got to break that generational curse and basically educate one. So when you know this information, you got to share it with your, your counterparts. Right. So therefore, it can spread like wildfire. But if we don't start basically taking hold of this information, and there's so many free courses out there online to basically start uh, getting your, your skills up to par. Mm-hmm. There's really no excuse. But the thing is, we just got to point young people to say, you know what, get these cards. But basically, go get on this YouTube video and check this out. You know? Or, or, and find a mentor. Yeah. Find a mentor is definitely important. I'm going to flip this on y'all real quick because I got a question for you two. Oh. <laughs> uh, I was going to ask Terrence this question, but I'm going to ask you guys. Okay. Um, you both um, have it. You're currently in school. Mm-hmm. You're working on some things that, you know, elevate you to the next level right now. Yes, sir. Um, why do you feel financial literacy, gener- generational wealth, taxes, those types of things that we're actually having a conversation about today, why do you feel like those aren't taught in schools? Hmm. Easy, because they don't want us to see and I say that very vague because they don't want us to succeed. And the reason for that is because they weren't taught to succeed. And if you're not, if you weren't taught something in school, why would I want to start teaching it now? I wasn't taught it, so they don't need to know it. I'm good. That's how they see it. But it's bigger than that. If you start teaching it now, then you can think about the next generation, the generation after that, because they already have been taught some of the stuff that you weren't taught. So I feel like it's that, like he said, the missing gap. If you were just to put those pieces together and say, hey, you know, I'm I'm tired of being um, oblivious to everything going on and I don't want to see, you know, my kids that I'm teaching struggle, you know, with money in the future. Hey, it's time for, you know, for them to start learning something different. The basics of how to spend your money wisely. And yeah, it's not it's not there. You know, so that's I feel like it's definitely a personal problem and, and even a district problem. Jayra, your take? I think it's me. It's sometimes feel like the priority. I feel like they don't really prioritize, like, the importance of financial literacy. And I, I always thought this, like, for, like, many months now, like, you need to, like, start incorporating, like, that in, like, into, like, at, in, like to core subjects because that's where, like, like kids are really going to, like, get it in their brains about the importance, like, of taxes, mm-hmm. like, the market, like, just basic, like, building your financial future. And I really think uh, as something for a long-term goal, like, you really need to come up, like, with a way to, like, actually incorporate that into the actual core lessons of schooling. Absolutely. So there are definitely changes that really needs to be made, but... So get rid of history class and put in financial literacy. Mm. Oh no! Come on, no, absolutely. Well, <laughs> well, okay, okay, okay. Social studies can go away. Global. Well, I mean, okay, I, I mean, I'm curious because well, that's well, those are my personal. Oh uh, yeah. Well. But 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 well, that technically you would incorporate that into math. I always thought I that agree. economics. Yeah, economics. List. I already always thought that like you should probably like like have like real. This is this is funny. This is where like. Like grown folks and kids, I like, will agree the most. We sometimes feel like that, like the things we're learning in school, like we don't feel like we're gonna use like like some of it like later on in life. Bro, mm-hmm. when are you ever gonna use the industrial revolution again ever in life? <laughs> Unless you're gonna well, be a history teacher. Well, the tea yeah, party yeah. ain't do nothing for me. Well, yeah, <laughs> honestly, yeah, I'm just talking about like yeah. Most of y'all are never gonna cut open a frog ever again in life. Yeah, you see, that's and, and they that, stopped even they doing that. About. We didn't even do cut up frogs. What we did was Google them. So, you know, there's, <laughs> wow. there's a there's a difference, you know, from what you've been taught and from what we've been taught. Because first off, we got to talk about finances. Mm-hmm. The finances for that, you know, probably got cut. And a lot of you know, there's been a lot of cases where the schools in many cities had to, you know, find some budgets, you know, budgeting and start cutting some stuff. So stuff like that. 
you know, that's that's nothing. You know, that's non-existent anymore. Well, that's I'm, getting to them. Like yeah. broader about school funding, but we already had that. I'm just saying, I think we did. So if uh, financial literacy was offered as an elective course in schools, you think more students will opt to actually take that? Oh, yeah, as opposed to it absolutely. being a study hall that they just kind of blow But it all depends on period. how you advertise yes, it. advertising is important. Y'all love money. Y'all love to spend money. But see, you mm-hmm. can say, hey, go to this economic class. You're going to think, oh, economics. What I need to go to economics for? Because I live in an economy. What I need to do? What do you mean? Economics. They don't know. Mm-hmm. And we don't know. You know, so if you were to actually go and actually take the time and explain like some of the teachers or the principal even would explain this course. You know, we have a new course available. This course will help you in the long run. It will help you develop a better credit score. It will help you um, develop some skills to keep your Seconds from going into the negatives, you know, so it, it, and it accumulating was overdraft fees. Thank you. <laughs> so, you know, these are stuff that we need. So, I feel like if it was to be broadcasted more openly and more broadly, it'll definitely have a bigger impact. You know, you know what else I think would help if you had a brother that looked like this brother <laughs> over here, <laughs> actually you. in the schools yeah. that was teaching the class yeah. like this and could take some of those financial turns. Mm-hmm. And kind of, you know, flip them, cold switch them a little bit, put a little barbecue sauce on them, where, <laughs> put them in our lateness terms, you know. Right. Uh, I think that'll help, too. Absolutely. You know, so Absolutely. let's uh, flip gears, kick it back over to Terrence. Terrence, generational wealth. Mm-hmm. We hear this term a lot. Yes. And uh, I'm a I'm a huge whole fan, so when he dropped 4-4, like, the nuggets that he dropped all over that album was just, a lot of it was about generational wealth. Right. And we all just saw some of the moves that he just made over the past Two weeks. It's just ridiculous. But general generational wealth, um, how do we go about doing that? Especially in because we've been behind the eight ball for so many years. All right. mm-hmm. The first thing I would say is basically get your life insurance policy. So hopefully mm-hmm. uh for the parents, let your parents get a life insurance policy on themselves. Um, and I'm I'm telling you, I'm gonna give you a little secret. Here, here's my knowledge. So right now, these cards sell for twenty four ninety nine. So I know, hey, what I just did prior to me releasing these cards, I took out a half million dollar life insurance policy out on myself. Yeah. the money I actually make from these cards pays this life insurance policy. So either way it goes, if I pass away now, well, in the next 20 years, my kids inherit a half a million dollars and a product that they can sell for life and that they never have to basically um, reconstruct these cards because basically I created a product that basically can sell over and over and over again. So what I did was more so create generational wealth with life insurance. So with life insurance, if I pass away today, the insurance company is going to give my family half a million dollars, actually more than that. So probably a million dollars worth of life insurance. So that's going to be a check for $1 million tax free. But now really think about this. Let's say uh, other generations, what they do, they basically take out a million dollar life insurance policy on themselves, make their son the beneficiary. So let's just say if your father took out a life insurance policy on himself, he passed away, made you the beneficiary. What did you inherit? A million dollars. You have a daughter. You took out this. You did the same thing. Took out a life insurance policy yourself. Made her the beneficiary. You pass away. What did be happened? She basically became a millionaire. So basically, you need to start that process. Every family needs to start that process because right now, we inherit debt. Sure do. So the only way to talk about it to generate wealth is basically borrow life insurance. So I tell people rent wealth while you build wealth. Mm-hmm. So hey, I'm gonna pay fifty dollars a month for a half a million dollar life insurance policy. So I'm renting this policy while I'm basically using my $25 per month or per week to basically put into my investment account. So I'm renting this until I can basically replace this with cash. Mm -hmm. So rent wealth while you build wealth. Mm. So when that term insurance expires, the term insurance expires, you don't need that anymore because you basically created money on your own with the investments. Right. I love that. Um, Who I don't want to go there yet. So (laughs) I, I want to stay on this, but I got to ask this question because I'm thinking about it. Right. So, Mm How do you build, generate generational wealth when you live in check to check? Check to check. Mm. Here it is. You want to pay yourself first. So whether it's $5, $10, whatever the case may be, you want to pay yourself first. Because think about this. When you're living paycheck to paycheck, you're paying all your bills, and then you try to save. But what's generally left over? Nothing. Nothing. So you got to flip the script. It's all about you now. You got to be selfish. Because mm-hmm. think about this. So say you basically been paying your bills for the last 20, 30 years or so on time. Your credit is great, mm-hmm. but you never saved any money for retirement. Mm-hmm. And now you need some money. Do you think Spectrum or National Fuel, National Grid would say, you know, hey, I like you. You've been good to us. We're going to basically give you a monthly check every month. Nope. <laughs> New. Ain't happening. 
So the things you got to get selfish. So whether it's a dollar, two, five, ten, whatever the case may be, start putting it into some type of retirement account or just mm-hmm. a, a savings account, and you'll see that money grow. I was just so about that's to the say first that. thing you want to do is basically say, you know what, I'm gonna put some money to the side. I know a lot of people basically got them stimulus checks a day. Them stimmies hit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so you want to put, you know, something in that particular, you know, savings account, a rainy day fund, mm-hmm. because a rainy day will definitely come. You just Absolutely. don't know when. So start saving, you know, 10% of something first. Mm-hmm. But if you're like me and you like to spend your money, y'all just set up a savings account to the point to where they just take it out your check right away. Yeah. Because other than that, if you know that you're not going to be really responsible and disciplined with your money, it's going to backfire. Of course. And then you're going to be looking like, like you just said, you're going to be looking dumb because, oh, I got negatives in my account. Well, I wonder why Mm -hmm. you didn't take the time, like you said, and treat yourself to something nice. And that's all it takes. You just got to treat yourself. Don't, that that don't mean go buy the whole mall. That means treat yourself to where it's going to be beneficial down the road. You're right. Mm -hmm. So I have a question. Um, how do you feel knowing, you know, when you were younger, you were a CNA. How do you feel now, you know, where you are? Do you feel like you're financially stable to the point to where you're, I say, calm in a way? No, not at all. My thing was I've always been the type of person that was never satisfied. Mm-hmm. So I might be sitting on one M or a, a half a mil, but it's just not enough. It's like because I know the cost of living is always going up. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's just one thing about myself, even... So like I used to DJ, but like my all my goal was you know I want to learn how to basically DJ. So once I learn how to do it, I'm like all right, well what's next? So right now I'm not financially fit because I know there's more to gain and more to get. So I don't think I'll ever be comfortable. Okay, hey, I like that. That's a good mentality. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Continuing on the generational wealth uh, conversation, what now? What are some other ways that uh, people of color can really work to establish that and things that they can accumulate pass pass down over time. Mm -hmm. There's real estate, uh, there's investments, mutual funds, um, a little bit of everything. Mm. Um, So like even right there, stocks, stocks, yeah, (laughs) a a little bit of everything. But like I said, with these cards, like I don't have to basically ever create these again. I just got to basically tell my kids, Hey, when you run low, you call this person. They're going to basically send you a couple boxes. You sell those boxes. That's basically, you know, showing you how to basically generate, generate wealth. Uh, but even with myself, it's like, I know how to cut hair. I got some clippers. I've been cutting hair for the last 20 years, but what I'm going to do is when my son or my daughter go off to college, they get these clippers cause they're going to know how to cut hair. So now they have tools to basically make money. Side hustles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there you go. So right now, while you guys are young, you want to figure out, Hey, what can I basically do to, to make money? So I'll tell anyone, find a need and fulfill that need. So if you find that need, you'll never have to worry about money again. So with myself, I'm backtracking a little bit. Um, with these cars, I know it's financial literacy. The financial literacy gap is out there. Mm-hmm. If I basically, you know, present this to anyone, they're basically going to want this information. Mm-hmm. Life insurance. People's dying every day. They know yeah. their birthday. They don't know their death date. Mm-hmm. So, hey, you need life insurance. You need it. Let's get you a small policy that's going to charge you $25 per day. I mean, $25 per month. In the event if you pass away, I'm going to be delivering a check to your beneficiaries tax-free. Right. Um, mutual funds. You can start off as little as $25 per month. People don't really realize that, but mm. if you do the math, that's less than $2 a day. Mm. But hey, don't go eat McDonald's <laughs> You know, what I mean? for a week or two. That's your $25. Basically start putting that to a savings account. And because the market is up, you're going to see that money just grow from 25 to 27 now 32. Now what's that called? When you, when you build and you build, what are you building? You're more so building a portfolio. Okay. And you're diversifying that portfolio. So when you're dealing with mutual funds, the example I like to use is think about a, a bag of jelly beans. Okay. So there's red, there's yellow, there's black. But let's just say someone ate, you know, five yellow jelly beans. Would mm-hmm. you notice someone really ate five jelly beans from that bag of jelly beans? You wouldn't notice. Correct. And that's really what a mutual fund is. So the bag is the mutual fund. The different colors are the stocks inside mm-hmm. that bag. Okay. So when one stock is actually doing bad, you still have, let's say, 50 to 100 different stocks actually offset that loss. Mm-hmm. So that's why it's really important to invest in mutual funds. So always good to have a backup from your backup. Absolutely. And now you have, you know, 50 other, you know, companies back in that one that does bad. Right. I think I just thought about the name of that course. Get into the bag. 
Something along the line. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's the terminology that young people use nowadays, right? It's all about getting the bag, right? Yeah. Terrence, I might just get you a freebie right there. All right, appreciate it. All right, if you use that, I just slide me something All on the right. side. We've been good yeah, with yeah. the slogans. We might just start charging. <laughs> uh, Terrence giving out free game today. Oh, so. Hey, you, you giving me advice. I'm taking mm-hmm. it in. We always talk about, uh, well, I always hear people talk about uh, multiple streams, right? They say, what, what is it, seven streams of uh, yep, seven. of income? Mm-hmm. Um, how many streams are you working with right now? So I actually have uh, the earned income where basically I get up every day and go to work. Mm-hmm. Uh, me and the wife actually have real estate. Um I got these cards. I'm creating, um, I just created a podcast as well. We're going to be selling merchandise on there. So that's five. Uh, I'm basically creating a course because it's not in our school system. Right. So now, hey, if you like what you like, I mean, if you like what you listen, well, if you like what you hear, subscribe to the course. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be mentoring, you know, people for a small fee. And it's basically just to uh, pour into them. So, hey, your goal may be to uh, be the best tennis player or whatever the case may be. I'm going to, you know, drill it to you every week. Like, hey. Did you accomplish your goal? So I'm more so going to be your accountability partner. So I have six, but six ain't good enough. It's like, why not get 12? Okay. Hey. Mm-hmm. Now, this is when it, I, I have a bunch of friends that, um, you know, they, they may work a main job and then they have some businesses. I'm thinking of one in particular. I've been telling him for years, just do. I need you to focus on one at a time. <laughs> All right. Um, and I feel like that's the trap that sometimes, uh, especially young black ambitious entrepreneurs fall into right they have an, a bunch of different ideas i'm thinking of another guy that i know that's just actually sitting in this room right now i ain't gonna say his name um all these great ideas uh-huh. and they have all these different avenues right mm-hmm. um how do you manage all of that right because we have like i have a ton of ideas up here right but i'm trying to focus on say yes right now and then once i just that that'll be my next chapter in life where i start to map out all these different businesses mm-hmm. right but how do you how do you manage all of that? Because I think it's just an area where some young people they have all this passion and ambition and drive, and they don't necessarily focus on one. They focus try to focus on four or five right, at correct. one time. Mm-hmm. And you know what? You're gonna drive yourself crazy trying to do that. So I was in the same situation. Like I still I can't sleep at night because like I'll be thinking about what's next for me. Mm-hmm. So the thing is, I I seen a YouTube video and they basically focus on one thing and be great at that one thing. And now, so really, I hate to go back to these cards, but at the same time, it's like, I actually have this information in my head. Right. Mm-hmm. But now, let me put it on a card. It's only 52 cards. but like, I got so much information in my head. So now, what I can do, these one cards can basically create five to six different income streams. So there's a course. There's a workbook. There's me doing videos, which I'm going to record one time, and now I never have to go back and do it again. Uh, now there's going to be speaking engagements. If people want this, there's podcast opportunities, there's merchandise. Mm. So the thing is I focus on one thing and basically just figure out, Hey, how can you maximize just this one particular, you know, product. And now the rest will come once you master this. Now it's on autopilot. Now you go to the next. Mm. So I'm talking about teach me the game. Ghost. Exactly. Teach me the game. Ghost. <laughs> Yo, I think it's time for us to talk to Doctor Doctor Chronic Cash. We need him into the system, y'all. You know, since we're talking about learning about the game, I want to sort of low key get into it a little. Mm-hmm. So, what do you think are what would you think are the best ways like to like in terms of generating wealth? Talking stocks, talk about mutual funds, talk about real estate. Like out of those things or anything else, what what like what is the best way, especially for communities of color, to build that wealth? Mm-hmm. Communities, I would say, life insurance because that's the easiest thing right. to get if your health is intact. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, that's going to be the easiest one to get because it's the cheapest one, but it's also mm-hmm. going to create the the quickest way to generate the wealth. Mm-hmm. So I would say, start off with the life insurance for one, it's easy, but then everyone else needs it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and secondly is more so just start saving some type of money because that emergency will come. We just don't know when Terrence, I feel you on that. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but I want to be able to do, I want to be able to do both. Right. <laughs> two, two things. I want to be able to enjoy my life while I'm here mm-hmm. and take that money and do the things I want to do. Right. But then I want to make sure I have something, you know, tucked away, um, for my little one. Right. Yes. So I have the, um, the additional life insurance policy that's tucked away. Layla going to be straight. Is it outside your job or within your job? It's within the job. And then I have another one too. Okay. Layla's going to be good just okay. on that. Right? right. I went the real estate path, got a couple properties, but I want to 
I want to, you know, build generational wealth, but I also want to, you know, have something that I, where I can enjoy life now. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I would say start saving for. We'll put this in this put put this money into more so max out your retirement account because at the same time you can borrow from it if you ever need to. So if you see a house that basically you got to put um, some money into, you basically have access to tap into that money from your mm. retirement account. Um, so I would definitely say, you know, max out your retirement account. So once you max out your retirement account, you more so want to look to do a Roth IRA. Okay. Got one Everyone, of those. You got one of those. Yep. Max that out as well. And the thing is, if your your child is over 14, they can basically do a Roth as well. You just have to earn income. Mm-hmm. And now, hey, you're building, you know, income and growth for yourself. Then you're also basically making sure your child is safe too. We're talking about prevention and I'm loving it, you know, because we're, you know, you don't really hear a lot of people talk about how to prevent, you know, becoming in debt. Mm -hmm. You always hear how they came in debt. And, you know, I feel like it's different. It's different. Oh, my God. Got tongue tied. (laughs) (laughs) It's definitely definitely, uh, one of them different scenarios to the point where you have to really sit back and be like, wow. I have all of these resources at my hand, on my hand, on our phones, but yet I'm still not understanding how I'm supposed to make this actually get, you know, make it start rolling. Mm-hmm. So the first thing is what? What you got to do? Reach out to someone who basically knows more than you. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's say, hey, if it's me. Are you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know. So I, I say, you know what? What's your goal? You may say, hey, you want to basically start saving for a rainy day. I say, all right, well, how much money can you afford? Mm. You say $25 a month. Right. I say, okay, well, fine. Uh, how soon would you need this money? You may say, well, you won't need it anytime soon. So now I know that we have $25 to work with on a monthly basis. You don't need this money no time soon. So we're going to go with an, an aggressive growth, let's say, mutual fund. Mm. And now that particular aggressive growth mutual fund is going to pay dividends every month, every quarter. So now that same money that you're making in the market, you're also going to get a bonus when that company actually sees a profit and pays out dividends. Okay. And now you're seeing that money grow and grow right, and grow. Right, right. And now when it's time for you to basically, let's say, get a raise, you want to increase your contributions into, you know, this savings account or, or retirement account, whatever the case may be, because who's going to use this money when they retire or, you know, that rainy day is going to be yourself. Right. So the thing is, is more so going from A to B, just starting and doing something mm-hmm. and basically forgetting about it and just watch it grow. And I think that's our our biggest fear is that, you know what, we feel as if we don't actually have that. We can't afford to do it right now. But twenty five dollars is not a lot. You know, so it's right. really just starting. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree. And it don't matter what a dollar amount. So you may not have the twenty five dollars to invest in now, but you know, eventually hey, we're gonna save twenty five dollars. Mm-hmm. But I mean you can basically cut some grass and make twenty five dollars. Right. You know, so right now there's really no excuses. Now with this e commerce, it's like you can literally sell anything online. Yeah. So that's no what I was yeah, that's what I was referring anyway. to. Our phones. Yeah. Literally our these are our money makers. Mm-hmm. You know, it's crazy to say, you know, that a piece of you know, an object is make giving what you know is gonna give us a chance to make money. Correct. And we I feel like a lot of us take that for advantage. We use it mainly for like social media, stuff of that nature. And we don't actually take the time to look at some of the financial apps that, you know, they have to offer. Like, um, for example, Chime. I know Chime is a great card. You don't have to pay nothing as far as um, monthly expenses or anything. It's, you know, one of those debit cards where you, you need it just right there. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's really beneficial because like you were saying, if you were going to do credit and if you were, let's say, to go shopping and you don't pay none of that money back, you're just putting yourself in a deeper hole. Correct. So do you feel that trying to stay away from, you know, going into a credit card is the best option? No, because you can actually have a ton of money in, let's say, your savings account or whatever account. But when it's time to, let's say, go for a car or a mortgage, they're going to pull your credit report. Right. Yep. And if there's no credit report, you they can't trust it. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So the things you have to basically, uh, it's just like your, your report card. They want to say, hey, but what is your financial report card? Mm. So the things you got to start from somewhere. Mm. So you more so just say, you know what, well, hey, let's just go with a secure credit card. And just basically let that build. And eventually, once that creditor sees that, hey, you're worthy, then they say, hey, we're going to give you money back. And now it's unsecure and we're even going to double your limit. Mm, okay. Um, you, When we do, when we actually use our credit cards, what's some of the stuff that you suggest that we actually spend? And what's um, using the credit card? And what's some stuff that we should actually spend using money? Is there certain stuff that we should use on a credit card? or? 
that's a tough one because I, well, you know, my younger days, like I was swiped for anything. Okay. But now I'm a little older. I would say, you know what? I really just use my credit card for emergencies, like car repairs. Okay. Uh, or a situation where I need to go out of town and basically book a flight right then and there. Mm-hmm. I'll more so do that. But what I do is like I try to use my car where I can always just track that and basically use those for business expenses. Mm-hmm. Because of my license, like the majority of stuff that I, I actually do is really right off of me. Right. So I always, when I'm swiping my card, I'm really realizing, well, can I, this be a business expense? So it's a little different for me, but, you know, for yourself, basically just try not to use it only for emergency purposes only. Absolutely. I swipe mine. <laughs> but I do it because I, I do it because I know I'm going to be disciplined right. with it, right? So mm-hmm. you know um, you're going to pay it back. I, I look for all the perks that credit cards use. Um, so even, say, Target, like 5% might not be nothing to you, but for me it's, it means something. So every right. time I go to Target, if I have my um, Target card, I'm swiping that to make my purchase, and then as soon as I get the receipt, I'm going right to the uh, customer service desk, and I'm paying the bill right then and there. Mm. 5%, can that's a couple dollars mm-hmm. off that I'm saving. Right. And then sometimes they had to gift cards when you buy and bulk and that kind of stuff. I pay attention to those types of things. Mm-hmm. Um, other gift, uh, gift cards, other credit cards, um, have it set up where you use your credit card, you get a cash back or you mm-hmm. accumulate points. And I'm disciplined enough where I make sure I pay that balance off at the end of every month. So then I'll accumulate interest, but now I'm getting points that I use to go book flights and right. get gift cards and buy other things. So, you can do that, but you got to be super, super, yeah. super disciplined. Uh, if, you, if you like me, don't do it. That's all, that's yeah, all you, you got to say. It's all about knowing yourself. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, uh, Terrence, you know, let's talk about your childhood. You know, we talked about the business aspect. Mm-hmm. What, what, you know, what pushed you? You said that you were the youngest, one of the youngest of your siblings. What pushed you to want to even go into, did you even, at that time, did you know that you wanted to go into, you know, economics? Yes. Well, you know what? No, I would say I'll take that back. So probably age 14, 15, I just seen that there was a need for, you know, services around my neighborhood. So I say, you know what, if I can save up enough money to basically acquire some of those services and now present this to those individuals, the money will come. So I I saw that there was a need for some of the things in my community and I provided those services. So I would say I've been an entrepreneur since the age of 14. Wow. And it just continued, you know, on and on with me getting this license. Um, I basically DJed. I did a little bit of everything. But I knew everything that I was doing, it was basically a service. Because I know, hey, you know, if I actually have these tools, I can be able to cut here. Mm -hmm. I may just have to wait for this money, but it's going to come. So I would say, you know, and my parents didn't even push me to become an entrepreneur. It was just that it was never enough. Like, hey, they gave me whatever I wanted. But I wanted more, and he wasn't going to give me any more. So I'm like, all right, well, let me go get it on my own. Oh, I heard that uh, question. So you say you you did want it, you didn't want to go to college, right? I had no desire to go to college. How come? You know what? I just got tired of it. And mm-hmm. the thing was, I only <laughs> I hate to say it, but I went to high school, you know, for the girls, for the girls, for the clothes, and to play mm-hmm. basketball. And so I only did enough to basically make the basketball team. And when I made the basketball team, but when the grades came out, mm-hmm. I didn't actually have that 70. I think that's what I needed. I was cut. So I'm like, you know what? Let me just basically just, you know, finish with school so I can be done with it. Mm-hmm. So I really just wanted to take that route. You know, your parents say, go to college, get a good job. I wasn't trying to hear that. So I just <laughs> say, you know what? I'm just going to chill for a year so that's really what i did but then i seen like all my friends going to buff state and in different colleges and they talking about these parties and stuff i'm like oh i want to just experience mm-hmm. that ain't right nobody right. have no parties out here on these streets <laughs> so they I have a say, lock you know up lock up parties <laughs> on the street right, right. that's really what was happening like you know all my friends they was basically going to jail or just doing crazy things i'm like you know i just really want to get this money some beats and rims on my car and that's what i did but then after a while i'm like it was just like, it wasn't enough. Right. So I'm like, all right, well, what's next? And that's when I said, you know what? I got to get better. So that's when I went to school, but I wasn't ready to go to school at that time. I dropped out after one semester. Wow. Okay. But when I got a little bit older, I seen that, you know what? I needed some type of degree. So that's when I really got serious when I moved to Charlotte mm-hmm. because some of these jobs wouldn't basically give me a job, even though I actually had my license. Once I got my series seven, when I came back to Buffalo, they said, well, you know, you got your series seven, but where's your degree? I'm like, well, I don't need a degree. I got the Series 7. They're like, well, it kind of looks better if you got all of them. 
So that's when I, you know, went back and got my, you know, my two degrees. Mm. You, know? you know, I've heard this metaphor. You know, some people said that the bed that you were buried in, as far as, um, no, I said it wrong. The bed that you were planted in sometimes can be the bed that caused you to die. So do you feel that, do you hear that? You you heard that before? No, just, uh, go ahead, Dwayne. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so the bed that you, yeah, that was a good one, wasn't it? I don't know about all that. It, it was. Different. It was definitely a good one. But look, I'm, I'm about to explain why. Because you, it take yourself as a flower. Mm-hmm. You had to, you know, literally, you know, dig yourself up from a toxic, was was this toxic for you? Was Buffalo toxic for you to the point to where you had to move to Charlotte? No, no, it, it wasn't. It was just that I wanted more. And I knew that. I didn't really have any role models going up. It's like my parents basically were just hard work and blue collar workers. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I never seen anyone basically with a white collar job. Like even in high school, like no one came and talked about fraternity. So when I finally found out about, about the fraternity, I'm thinking it was false because like I only seen school days. Right. So when I finally seen, it, I'm like, well, really, what is this? So the thing is, it's just more to it than Buffalo. So mm-hmm. once I seen that it was bigger than Buffalo, I'm like, wow, I can basically do this. I can do that. Mm-hmm. I can quit this job and go find another job. Mm-hmm. So I was living my life when uh, I moved to Charlotte. But yeah. the thing is, I just knew that it wasn't really too much positivity around when I was growing up. Okay. So I felt that if I wanted that change, I had to be the change myself. I w- well, my question was, w- what do you feel like? Did you feel leaving the, the bed that you were planted in helped you to grow? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, it, honestly, if I wouldn't have moved to Charlotte, I probably would have been maybe an LPN, mm. you know, because I knew I actually, the CNA was already done, but I'm thinking, hey, what's next? Right. So, I didn't have no degree, and I think I could have got an LPN degree without, well, L- LPN license without a college degree. So, I probably would have just been an LPN and just been complacent and just been going there every day, mm. miserable. Right. So, no, I had to leave the nest or, or the plant. So you mentioned the fraternity. Can you talk a little bit about Alpha Phi Alpha? Alpha Phi Alpha. The Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated. So I, Monday will actually be 13 years for me. So I actually joined because I I was looking at different fraternities and Mm -hmm. I did my research and I just seen, well, when I landed on the page of Alpha, I seen what uh, they stood for. And I'm like, well, I'm already doing this work. So it was basically a perfect fit for me. And luckily, my cousin, he was Alpha at that time, and he basically just put me through the process. And it'll be 13 years come uh, March 22nd, wow. 7.47 p.m. All right, <laughs> down to the hey, T. Got it down. Yes. Got it down. All right, so Terrence, we're going to go ahead and run you through the gauntlet, man. Okay, okay. We do this we piece go. where we uh, ask you a couple of questions, <laughs> and you just respond with the first thing that comes to your mind. And I'm going to try to go off the cuff because I don't have my questions in front of me. Okay. So. Um, seeing as that you've been in Charlotte and Buffalo now, mm-hmm. um, best pizza spot in Buffalo. I'm gonna rock out with Franco's. If you get it extra crispy, okay. uh, <laughs> that yeah, Franco's. Franco's. They like okay. The, they prior like... to Franco's, who, who did you like before that? I'm going with Leonardo's. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I was about to say it. I was about to say it. Leonardo's was the bomb. Yeah. Yeah. The 1906, I think that's how much it was for. Uh, <laughs> the fact that you remember. I think the 1906 was for a large pizza, I believe. If I'm not mistaken, it was 1906. <laughs> All right. Um, so, since we brought up pizza, you know we gotta go wings. So, uh, what's your what's not your not the best, but what's your favorite wing spot in Buffalo? I'm rocking out with Duff's. Mm, felt that. Yeah, yeah, Duff's. Ooh, I'm surprised that you, Terrence. Duffs? Yeah, who, who you, who like you think? Man, I got a couple different spots. Okay. It all depends on what kind of wings I want. So all right, all right. if I want Cajun honey, I'm going to Fat Cats. Okay. If I, I want Korean there. barbecue, I'm going to Lennox. He ain't never been to Fat Cats, dude. I ain't never heard been to Lennox either. Where's that at? Uh, Terrence, we got to go have a... <laughs> have, yeah, yeah, take me there. We got to go hang out on take Friday around 5 o'clock. Fry. I don't eat fish. fish. You don't like fish? No, no, no. I okay. don't. I don't. Yeah, we're gonna have to go get it's some. It's not really many stands, people. I've sure. never met that many people that don't like fish. I don't know either. I'll tell you later. But yeah, it's oh. <laughs> I mean, everybody got their favorite favorite wing spots in Buffalo, man. Um Leonardi's. I mean Leonardo's Lenovas. Lenovas charboy wings. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Them God. Is all right. Them things are smack. You know, I told a lot of people said that when they came here it was trash. And I was I was kind of no. I'm like, ah, I don't know about that. Maybe the pizza may not be the best, but I think they wings. Yeah, that's fishing. number two for me. Yeah, yeah, that's number yeah. two. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, it's a fate. Your favorite city to visit? 
I'm like in Charlotte. I'm solo in Charlotte. It's like I, I'm really trying to go back to Charlotte because there's anything that you want is available in Charlotte. It's basketball, it's Zaxby's. football. Zaxby's. There you are. There you are. So I would say Charlotte for right now. I feel that. All right. Uh, if you had to pick an actor to portray you in a movie, who would it be? Probably Chris Rock, because they say we look alike. <laughs> so I think it might be a little easy win for him. So probably Chris Rock or Kevin Hart. Okay, I can see Kevin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they weren't feeling on the Chris Rock. <laughs> okay, okay. Now I can see a Tracy Morgan. Tracy oh, Morgan. I can see that a little bit. Or people say Makai Pfeiffer or like Memphis Bleak. So I see that. Either one of them. I can see Bleak now that you just said that. If I rock my hat to the side. Makai a little bit. You know, <laughs> first movie you ever murked out Makai Pfeiffer. <laughs> That's my movie right there. I might have to go check that out today. Mm. Um, all right. Who taught you? Who? Who had an influence on you growing up? Major influence. Like, who taught you the game? You know what? I would say I'm a, yeah, I would say a a dude named Adrian Bryson. He's more so like my cousin, but he was basically, he led me to the Series 7. So, honestly, if it wasn't for him and, like, me using his name and me using his book to study from, I wouldn't, I don't know where I would be. So, I would say he basically set the tone for me to basically, you know, get my Series 7. And honestly, I didn't even know what it was. I just knew that I wanted to be something or do something. And once I, you know, seen a book and I was like, you know what? I can basically call everybody and back and buff and say, I'm a stockbroker. Mm-hmm. They're like, man, you ain't no stockbroker. But hey, you look up, man, Series 7. Anyone past that Series 7 is a stockbroker. So I was really going for the title. And he helped me get there. So I would definitely say Adrian Bryce. All right. Uh, favorite sports team? You know what? Oh, the Chicago Bears. Ooh, Terrence, hold on. Whoa. Yeah, man. Whoa. I've been rocking out with them since 85. Okay. Yeah. It's some decades. Dude, y'all don't even have a quarterback. You, <laughs> know, y'all sure don't. you, sure don't. you know, y'all just hold picked on. up Andy Dalton. We did? He, he's solid. Wait, I he's thought better they picked than up Tyrod. Wait, where did Tyrod go? Tyrod went to, he backing up one of the, he, who was he backing up? I thought he went to Chicago. No, Tyrod is backing up uh, Deshaun. Oh, Texas yeah, he's in Texas. Up. Yeah, Tyrod, I, you know, that surprised me. Yeah. And honestly, you know, I just like them because they play on grass. Yeah. Honestly, I want to see, you know, I want to see you get dirty. So, I mean, I've been a fan, but it's like I really watch because they really get dirty. How have you lived in Charlotte and Buffalo? And neither one of these teams is your favorite. You're right. You're right. I rock out with the Bills because that's my hometown. But, right. you know, if I have the choice between if the Bears are on and the Bills, I'm probably going to rock out with the, with the Bears. That's terrible. If, they, if it's a home game, I'm rocking out with the, the Did Bears. Did you watch any games last season? A few. Okay. Of the Bills? Or no, the, the Bears. Yeah, just a few. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Because really, I'm a basketball fan. Okay. I just oh. like the Bears. Good, because uh, we're going to give you a chance to redeem yourself. Okay. Ooh. Okay. Uh, but be, be honest. <laughs> like, don't let him intimidate you. Mm-hmm. Like, you choose the answer that Baby Giannis. <laughs> chill. <laughs> Stay over there, baby Giannis. <laughs> You just have a tendency to get a little triggered. Because <laughs> you know how I feel about this next yes. question that's coming up. Yes, I understand. But just, just don't get angry. Mike, LeBron, or Kobe? I'm rocking out with LeBron. Uh-oh. But no. Podcast is over. Wait, 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 wait. Podcast is over. Think about this. LeBron is bigger than basketball. Like, yo, he, he do it on and off the court. We talking strictly basketball. Okay, yeah. basketball. All right. So, uh, you know what? LeBron is more entertaining. So, he's going to basically give you the defense. Maybe not right now, but he's going to give you. Terrence. Yeah, man. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. But I'm saying I'm, I'm a. I rank him. Can I rank him? Did you? <laughs> what? Did you watch Mike? <laughs> no, no. I'm saying can I rank him? I want, I want your numero uno. Okay. <laughs> and then you can rank afterwards. I'm going to go with Mike. Yeah, I'll go Mike. Then Kobe, then LeBron. Mm. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. He, he feels better. He's in a better place. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> you, you saw what he did, though. <laughs> he switched it up. Yeah. I feel like we just want to go Stephen A on here. Oh, Shannon man, Sharp right. and, my, and Skip Bayless. Skip. Skip. Like, wait a minute. <laughs> no, but I was like LeBron, I respect everything that LeBron does after off, off the court, man. It's just I can't get with LeBron on the court, man. He's boring to me, man. He just, He's boring? Yes. You know, he just, He's LeBron going to run you over, get a layup. Now he want to shoot threes and everything. He probably trying to play with Steph. Like, eh, well, listen, if you have that 6'8 frame. 
I feel you. Do the same thing. I hear you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I mean, it, it is what it is. I think he's good for another three years. Kobe just – Kobe's my guy. Always been my guy. You know, he carbon copy of MJ, just skillful, competitor. My knock on LeBron has always been he just don't have that killer instinct. Yeah, mm. correct, correct. So right. I just – I'm a Mamba mentality mm. guy. Mm. Okay. I get passionate about this. Let's move on. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, Denzel, mm. Will Smith mm. – Morgan Freeman. I'm going with Denzel. Okay, I respect that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not mad at that. Yeah, I'm going with Denzel. Everyone says Denzel, so mm-hmm. it's it's cool. Yeah. All right. Uh, last couple questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, seeing as that you're a father, what is your favorite? And since you got that baby, uh, beautiful baby girl right there, what's your favorite daddy daughter activity? You know what? Just honestly. When the alarm goes off, when I come in here, they both run to me. Oh, that's it right there. So this is basically daily, and really, it's like the kids race to see who will get to me first. That's so yo. That's the moment I live for every time. And my wife hated because <laughs> she's watching this. But like when I come in, they whatever they doing, they run to me. But like when she come in, like they don't really like hi mom. But it's like you know I've been with them since day one. Not to say that she wasn't, but it's right. like I take them to school every day, and I've been doing it since day one. So father, when you talk about fatherhood, that's important to me. You know, so they say, hey, my daughter's a new Wendy's because when she grows up, everyone's gonna know who she is if I keep her her face on here. So you know, my thing is fatherhood is everything to me. Mm-hmm. A person in the financial world, I don't care you know where it is. Um, that you look up to, that you kind of, that you admire? Mm. You know, it's so many right now. It's like, I would say, uh, what's my man name? Uh, David Shans from um, Sleep is for Suckers. Okay. I'm, I'm digging him and uh, Nehemiah Davis and even uh, Earn Your Leisure, okay. that podcast. So I don't even know their names, but I know uh, Earn Your Leisure, I think his name is Rashad Bilal. Yes, so... Right now, just to even talk about that, it's like we actually have a podcast that airs every Thursday. It's called the Money Power Invest Show. Yeah, we didn't even get a chance to talk about that today. Oh, no, right? You trying no. to wrap this up? Like, I, I'm a- <laughs> <laughs> but so we more so mirrored exactly what they did. So my partner, he more so fin- um, specialized in real estate, um, credit repair, and business repair or business credit. And now you got me basically doing investments and insurance. Mm-hmm. Um, and a little bit of everything. So we more so just, you know, interviewing cats and just basically giving them a spotlight to shine, whereas we basically, you know, we're trying to shine ourselves. Hmm. So it's more so really just about, man, just bringing some collective minds together and basically just giving people a platform to basically just spread the word and educate right. other people. Yeah, we can check that out. Um, Facebook Live, right? YouTube? Yes, yes, yes. Uh, on streaming on all platforms, the Money Power Invest Show. Uh, and even myself is like, I'm going to start to record some of these cards that I'm doing. So therefore, you know, hey, what's inside these cards. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm more so going to do like one card per week, probably like either on Tuesday or Thursday. Um, so just, you know, be on the lookout to follow me on uh, Facebook or um, Instagram, T.O. Dubois. All social media platforms. Absolutely. You're right. All right. Definitely going to check you out. I know I saw the post for it. And, uh, make sure I share it out, too. Please. Thank you. All right. Um, last two. Mm-hmm. Best advice that someone has given you? Get a mentor. Because I'm saying that mentor can basically save you on thousands of dollars, thousands of time. Uh, Just give you a a person to bounce ideas around. Uh, So just find a mentor. I would definitely say that's probably one of the best advice someone said. And the things and play it forward. So the thing is, once you know this information, don't, don't keep it. Basically share with other people. You know, and so you won't block your blessings. Amen to that. Don't block your blessings. Yeah, that's the hashtag for the day. Mm-hmm. Don't block them. All right, last one. Uh, your greatest fear? <laughs> Swimming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I thought he was going to get all deep. Swimming. No, real talk, man. It's like I seen. Um, you know what they say? Black people don't like the water. Yo, listen, listen. That's <laughs> a stereotype. I went to Seneca yeah. because they ain't had no swimming pool. I really wanted to go to McKinley, but I knew all freshmen had to basically get in the water. They, they first year, so I'm like, you know what? Seneca ain't got a swimming pool, so I went to Seneca. Wow. Right. Yeah, man. So, Terrence, you the type. If you go well, on you, vacation, you go give me, I hold your keys. <laughs> if you go on vacation and you on a beach, you're going to 
Put your toe in the water. Oh yeah, I do that. But you know what? <laughs> on my anniversary, I learned how to basically float. So I oh, think okay. I started the process. And, and funny stories, like I even paid for swim lessons. I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna learn how to swim. But when mm-hmm. the time it came, I'm like, you know what? Thirty dollars, like I, I'll lose that. <laughs> I didn't go. I didn't go. You sound <laughs> but like, I'm gonna learn. You sound like me. I'm not. I'm the dude that will not get on a bicycle. But what you gonna do when they want to go swimming? You know what? <laughs> I put my feet in the water. <laughs> I'm more like, yo, give me your keys, give me your wallet, I hold all of that for you. You ain't got to worry about you know any of that stuff getting wet because I ain't getting in the water. Oh man, yo, Terrence, we've I've enjoyed this, man. This was a great conversation. Uh, appreciate everything that you're doing to make sure that our yeah. community is uh, financially literate. Appreciate and, it. Uh, kicking back over to Dwayne to uh, close us out with our thank yous. You were closing out. You want me to close us out? I close us out. Oh, all right. Well. I like, yeah. Yeah. I, well, thank you, Dwayne, for being a great host <laughs> oh, today. Thank you. I'm, I'm glad to have it. you back. We missed you over the last oh, podcast. I missed y'all. I just had to take you care know? of some stuff. It's all good. Xavier held it down. My, my guy, Zay Bama, baby Giannis. I got a person, Giannis. <laughs> Don't he look like Giannis? No, <laughs> <laughs> um, catch us again uh, on the next podcast. Thank you to the Community Foundation for Greater Buffalo, the Greater Buffalo Radio. Racial Equity Roundtable, the O'Shai Foundation. Uh, make sure that you follow us on all of our social media platforms. The Breaking Barriers Podcast is also streaming on all major platforms. iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify. Uh, iHeart Radio. I, I said iHeart. All of those. And we will see y'all next time. Yes. Love y'all. Peace. And we out. Deuces, y'all. Peace.